0: Round one was over. <laughs> Parents won. Kids, sipped. I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing: that was all started by a mouse. Did we just become best friends. Yep. Gentlemen, start your engines. To infinity and beyond.
1: of madness
0: around here. Hello, everyone. Welcome to DDP today—a show that's a little about us, a lot about Disney and fun for the whole family. My name is Justin, and today I am joined by my buddy, uh, the guy who helped uh, help me start it all over here—the great Mister Mike. What's up, bud?
1: What's going on, man? how are you? i uh, you know I really missed last week 's episode. I was want to apologize to everybody it was I was actually playing tour guide last week. Uh, a bunch of my friends are down from New York. Um, two of my friends are actually looking for a place here, so they were kind of house hunting they were looking for certain neighborhoods they wanted to and you know me that i'm i'm a professional down here in the uh, Myrtle Beach area. I was able to take them around and show them some of the areas and say, you know this is a good area to look at here 's not such a good area to look at um, So I got to play tour guide, and it was nice to see some of my friends and got to see their wives, and um, it was like I'm kind of glad at the end of the week because, I mean, listen, I I enjoy going out. I enjoy a good dinner, but when you go out to dinner every single night for like five and six nights in a row— Man, it gets expensive, and two, you are so full by the end of the week, and it's just like, well, where else are we going to go? I mean, you know, it was Italian one night, tacos another night, uh, Broadway on the beach another night. It was just it was nonstop, you know, touring of restaurants, which was great because we love to eat, go out and eat, you know, and a good meal is fantastic. But, man, after a while... The budget and the uh, and the overall just going out every single night just kind of takes a toll on you. But um, anyway, they're back home. Everybody's safe. Uh, they'll be back again in December. They have some more appointments to go look at some more uh, some more open houses and some more neighborhoods. So I'm very excited for them to come down here. Um, I will say uh, a little behind the curtain stuff that um, you know I do the test listens every week for the show. We've been saying that as the show has been going on, and um, and I especially missed a show when I got to do the test listen and I you know. It's a great conversation and everyone's having a fantastic time. And I'm like, you know, I really wish I could have been there. But for the first time in all of the years, the 300 plus episodes we've been on, all the extra side shows, all the extra things we've done. The first time in my life, I was so glad I was not on the Patreon show this week because we did a well, you guys did a spelling test. And Dave was the moderator. And, you know, that, that's how they kind of did it. It was a lot of fun. I have got to be one of the worst spellers everywhere. And Laura and I were listening to doing a test listen in the car as we were driving. And she says, you're so lucky you're not on this week because you would have bombed this terribly. I just thank God that whenever I do my reports at work, um, I get that little red squiggly line every time that I, you know, mistype something and I can just right click it and get the right spelling because it would be atrocious. So um, for the first time in my entire time of being on the show, I was glad that I was not on the Patreon show last week.
0: You know, the hard part about that, too, was I came into it with such a confidence. You know, Dave came up with this topic. It's not, and you know this, it's not too often that things will happen that I don't know beforehand. You know, mm-hmm. normally I'll throw stuff at you guys that you don't know. But for me, I had no idea what patron was going to be, and then he threw that at me. And, man, I came in with extreme confidence, and I was knocked down to size within three questions. Like, it was, and here's the thing. The questions, the words weren't, like, extreme. You know, he didn't go absolutely crazy with these words. It's just we're not smart. Let's just be honest. I mean, none of us as hosts are, are that bright. And uh, we, we kind of learned it on that patron episode. So uh, lots of fun there. And then also um, when this episode comes out, we will be uh, doing our patron or we have just done our patron trivia. We uh, have a brand new trivia software. So I had a lot of fun with that kind of looking in the future. Uh, so super looking forward to that. Yeah, man, uh, here it's been really, really great. Uh, just been super, super busy. I will tell you this. I did start Training for Marathon Weekend, you know, our DDP Sorcerer's Running Team, we're going to be down there Marathon Weekend. Uh, there's 52 people running on part of the team this year, and we're raising money for Basecamp. Of course, click that link below, and uh, anything you can give, or if you can pass that link, we're trying to help all these kids fighting this terrible disease there. Uh, so every every penny helps. Thank you so much for everything you do, and uh, DDP will be matching some donations away with me. Travel will be matching some donations coming up in November, so super excited about that. But I started training because somehow I got, I got tricked into doing a half marathon this year. Mike, I've never, I've never ran anything. I don't even know if I've done a ten k. Like I'm looking back, I, like I, you know, I played soccer my whole life. Mm-hmm. I just don't really, I'm, you know, I'm not a big runner. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna start training. I don't want to be a disappointment. I want to be able to go out there. And so Katie signed us up for a five k here in Charleston this week, and uh, we dressed up. They were butterflies. I was a butterfly catcher. I had the whole helmet on, you know, like a beekeeper (laughs) helmet on with a a net and everything. And so I went out with this idea that I was just going to stay with my family and, you know, we were just going to walk it or do whatever. And then I thought, you know what? Let me run and see what I can do. Dude, I did a 5K in 33 minutes. I am extremely proud of myself. Now, I came home and went right to bed afterwards. (laughs) But I at least know that I, you know, I can get that much done. So, uh, so, yeah, I'm getting excited about Marathon Weekend. It'll be fun. Got some training in today, so ready for that. Um, well, brother, we have a we have a really fun topic. We've done this once before. Yeah, It's probably been a year or two back. And uh, that is something that keeps the show moving along, uh, makes it a lot of fun. And this is something that you can do at home with your family as well. And that is DDP Disney and 5. So what does this consist of, Mike? This is six topics that we're going to take on. I came up with the topics, sent them to you earlier. And uh, we're going to give our opinion on all six of these, but we're going to go one by one and the clock will start when I get done reading the topic and we will have five minutes to discuss the topic when the buzzer sounds moving on to the next topic. So we will get our full opinions in in that five minute span. So, uh, yeah, I always like when we do these man. these are fun. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to it too. You shoot me the topics
1: earlier today, and um, I, I didn't have a chance to talk to him about Laura yet because I want to. I like to get her opinion on some of these, but really cool topics. And we'll uh, I'll discuss this with her right after the show.
0: Yeah, that's that's the cool part too. Is that you can do it kind of with you know with your family and all that kind of stuff. So let me get my watch here so I can get to the countdown. Man, i tell you what about Apple Watches. I can never find what I like, am wanting in the moment. Do you have that problem? Do you wear an Apple Watch? I don't no, think I've ever have, seen you wear an Apple Watch.
1: I haven't committed to one yet, and I've, and I've been thinking about getting a smartwatch, Um I don't know. I'm kind of on the fence. I wear a Casio G-Shock because a a lot of times that, you know, I get knocked around a little bit during my day at work. Um, I'm a little worried about the screen face getting cracked. And I know the G-Shocks take a beating. I take them in the water. And, you know, obviously if I'm having some kind of, uh, you know, a a little bit of something that's somebody that's not being so cooperative and, you know, we get knocked around, I'm not too worried about it breaking. Um, They're pretty durable. But I'm really looking at a couple of smartwatches right now. Um, Apple was not one of them, though, but I'm definitely looking at a few. Really? Why? Uh, I'd like to have some of the other features that come with it. Now, I also have to be careful because like, we can get in a lot of trouble if I'm in court and I have anything that's a recording device. Oh, or yeah, yeah, So, like, they, they really kind of shy against us having like smartwatches. So, I kind of want to get... There's a, there's a couple of them. I'll show you to them, you know, on a side note on, on Amazon. They have um, T-Rex arms, I think it is, or a couple of these. There's some really nice big, um, bold-face, uh, you know, rugged-looking watches that are smartwatches. So, um, you know, for some of the other stuff, like, you know, Steps and some of the other good things you get to do with a smartwatch, but I gotta be very careful with work because uh, they really frown upon them being in certain areas of my
0: job. So I feel I feel lost if I don't have my watch on. Like, I cool. feel lost. I don't even get my I, Katie makes fun of me. It, it's the closest to look, look. When we were growing up, I we used to watch James Bond, and one of the greatest video games ever made was was Gold, uh, was it was it uh, the James Bond video game from Nintendo 64 Gold Finger? Gold Finger, yeah, Gold Finger, yeah. yeah. Uh, One of the greatest games ever made. This is the closest I'll ever be to being James Bond. Whoever thought that I could carry a conversation on, you know, with my watch. And Katie will make fun of me because I'm walking around. And I don't know if anyone else does this. And I promise we're getting the topic. Whenever I send a text message through voice, right, Mm -hmm. I will say this. Say I'm texting Mike. And I will say this. I will say, uh, hey, Mike, comma, next paragraph. Hey, man, looking forward to tonight's show, period. Next paragraph. Let me know the topics? Question mark? Question mark? You know, like I'll say out each individual thing, mm-hmm. and Katie's like, "You sound like an idiot. What are you doing?" <laughs> so I don't know if maybe I'm just an old man. You know, don't that's you don't have to do all that stuff. So it'll be interesting to see what uh, if anybody can give me some some tips and tricks to using the Apple Watch a little better. So anyway, let's get on. I have my uh, I have my alarm clock uh, on here, my countdown on my watch. So let's get into the first topic, and then we will keep it moving from there because I'm excited about this. So here we go. Our first topic is this, Mike. Should Disney imagine bigger and faster thrill rides for its parks? With the other parks in the area rushing to build the biggest and baddest roller coasters around, should Disney go skywards with a huge roller coaster? And go. Absolutely. 100% I think they should. I think the fact that
1: um, a lot of the other parks, they have street competition. Um, when we've seen what they can do with their technology, I mean, you look at – you know, Guardians. I mean, it's an amazing ride. The technology is there. Um, they're they're so much cutting edge when it comes to stuff like that. I absolutely think that that should be something that they take a full bite on, full steam, and go go ahead with. Um, whether it's a park expansion or not, even getting into the whole fifth gate thing. But I hundred percent think that they got to get into some bigger thrill rides so that they're not known as the kiddie park anymore. So they give the other competi- the other parks a little bit of competition. What's your thoughts on that?
0: Yeah, so my whole thing is this: you, you, they're starting to realize it. I think a little bit at a time. I think they're starting to kind of figure out that they need to put more in. If we look over the past couple of years, you know, you get you get guardians, and you know, I mean, let's go all the way back to Everest. You do have Everest, but when you're looking at like like, I don't consider Flight of Passage a thrill ride. You know, I consider it an experience, but I don't consider it a thrill ride. So I would love to see them say we're not only going to create something that is massive. It's got like a fifty-four inch. Because uh, here's the thing, Tron is a thrill ride, but it's what forty seconds. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it's something like that. Uh, Seven dwarfs mine train is not a thrill ride. I understand it fits what you need for being an introductory uh, roller coaster for kids. Same with 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 Toy Story with Slinky. I just you know we we can talk about Aerosmith, but it's indoors, so it takes a lot away from that. I think outdoors, if you build something that was tall and fast at a huge height requirement, was for adults. Because, look, there's a big base of population of people who go to Disney who do not have kids. Mm-hmm. And there's a big base of people who don't go to Disney and go to the other parks because they don't have kids and they want more thrill rides. I mean, bottom line. And so I think it would fill a massive void that Disney's kind of missing. If you went and you said, we're not only going to build something big and fast, but we're going to theme it. It's going to be incredible. Uh, we're going to jump into that, you know, that, that realm as far as thrill rides.
1: Yeah, I think the parks have, you know, they, they've gone great with IP stuff. You know, Star Wars has been great and the, the expansion that they have done. But when it comes to <coughs> the actual thrill rides, I think that they definitely have the opportunity to do it. They have the budget to do it the technology to do it and they certainly i believe have the space to do it so i would think that they should definitely go that route and try and get into more of the thrill ride stuff so that they're just not known as a kiddie park i mean you know you still have the the kiddie stuff and you keep the rides for all ages but some more of the adult stuff will give some of the other ones a little bit more competition
0: yeah and you and i both had you know like we were taking the girls to to disney at a young age you know so like it's not like we're speaking out of turn, like we're both parents and we understand what Disney is. And I I love that about it. It yeah. has the nostalgia and it has the characters and it has the story that we always look for. But when we look at a park like Disney's Hollywood Studios, right? Think about having a massive roller coaster that would, was inside and outside. Mm-hmm. Right. And it was a journey like through the history of film, almost like the great movie ride was. So you would pull in and you would see like a scene, you know what I mean? Like that that's the kind of stuff I'm looking for. Like, I think that would be absolutely incredible. I, it, it's interesting to hear what Disney fans outside of this podcast would think. But whenever I look at it, I'm like, man, that's, that would bring me to the parks to make sure that like, especially when Katie and I do our adult trips, like, boom, we're going to go do a massive Look, if you look down the street and listen, I know it's, it's apples to oranges. It's not even close but if you look at um, you know, something like Velocicoaster, Rip Ride Rocket, go over to SeaWorld at Manta, Mako, you know, all that kind of stuff, Disney just needs one because they'll do it better. Mm-hmm. They really will, but they just need one. 45
1: seconds. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that... I want to see it. I would, Hollywood Studios would be the perfect place to do it. I think that doesn't take away from the Magic Kingdom and the, the childhood you know, love there. So out of all the parks, if I wanted to see it in one, definitely try and, expand Magic, uh, try and expand Hollywood Studios and get some better thrill rides over in that area.
0: Absolutely love it. Uh, also, look, if you really think about it, yes, you have Guardians, but I mean, Epcot, do you consider Test Track a thrill ride? It's an enjoyable, fun ride. You consider Soren a thrill ride?
1: No, same thing. It's not a thrill ride. It's not a, yeah. you know.
0: So it's, for me, like, there's multiple parks. I mean, Magic Kingdom, same way. Uh, Hollywood Studios. I don't, I, you know, Tower of Terror is, but I really think, really think they need it. So moving on to the next one. Here we go. We are going over to Epcot. World Showcase deserves an expansion. And what countries, or do you think World Showcase deserves an expansion? And what countries would you like to see added if it is expanded in the future?
1: You know, it pains me to say this because I know he's going to enjoy every minute of it but i absolutely think that australia should be in an amazing country that they could add there um I, you know yes i know i opened up a can of worms but you know it is well deserved it is a it is a beautiful country um it is a it's the the culture there the certain things the customs that they have there the different types of food that they have there i think that would be one of the best countries you could add there um i think if they really wanted to expand the countries and 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 go i would i would but also look at what success they have when it comes to doing food and wine. They put the extra booths there and they see like what booths do they have the biggest weight for. You know, uh, I know they have like a Greek booth there once in a while. Does the, mm-hmm. does the Greek booth get a, you know, a long line? Does that warrant getting its own country? Um, but I think, you know, you could get Ireland also. You know, that would be another great country to add in there. I mean, there's quite a few countries you could have, but I think one of the absolute best ones you could possibly add in there that would give it its own really cool you know, um different niche of that world showcase would be expanding it to doing it in something like Australia. I mean the restaurants would be great, the food would be great, the the I mean, you know, hiring the overseas people and having your your exchange students there would be great to have them over here as well too. Um so I would you know it pains me to say it, but I would definitely go with Australia as my expansion for the uh World Showcase.
0: Uh yeah, I mean look, I I think you I think you can't go wrong expanding World Showcase. I mean, if you go there on a weekend, it's so crowded. I love I, I love the the idea of Ireland because I don't think look officially, officially, Ireland isn't in, in World Showcase because it's part of the United Kingdom. Which is everyone says you know they're going the England pavilion, but it's the UK pavilion. But it doesn't get a representation there. Like right. you're going into England. Like when you walk in, like there's very 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 little Irish anywhere in in that pavilion. I mean, when we talk about, you know, seeing the red phone booths and, you know, the architecture and the, in the way that is, it's just, it's just not there. Um, for me, it's, it's kind of an interesting thing that they haven't really gone back on this because there has been a lot of times that this has come up. I mean, they do kind of have the space behind there that they could, they could get this done, but a lot of the countries that they've looked at right now are probably not the best times to, Add them like Russia, you know. <laughs> that's been that's been thrown out there a few times. Um, you know, it's it's one of those. So whenever you look at it, I I would like to see a representation of like a South Africa, like it's something that we don't see in in World Showcase. Like like you said, Australia. We don't we don't get you know that continent or country. Um, but going into Africa, having like a South Africa um, or an Egypt. I mean, you have Morocco right there, but getting that other representation think think how cool it would be to have an egyptian pavilion where you had Mm -hmm. like the sphinx in the background or you know the pyramids in the background and, and stuff like that that would to me would be like the way to step step that up and then i mean i think you go into europe and you do maybe something like denmark or you know something that has you know that that feel to it, you know, you don't just get the, the big countries as far as like France and Italy and the UK and all that. Like go go into Denmark or Sweden or one of those countries, bring in that culture and uh, and do it uh, do it that way. So yeah, this for me is a is an absolute no brainer, Mike. How awesome would it be to have a,
1: like a Bailey's Irish Cream or a Bailey's, uh, you know, station in the Ireland area? You know, you could move a lot of the dances from Raglan Road over to that area, too. That it would make for a great restaurant, you know, instead of having to go to Disney Springs to go to Raglan Road. Um, I mean, does anybody, honestly, really love the Morocco Pavilion? I mean, nope. if, no, I... I I don't know, and I and I wonder if you added certain countries, if it had that same kind of, it's just kind of a a placeholder there. Um, I think it's probably one of the. I don't want to say worst. Worst is probably a bad word for it because it's not the worst. But I just think it's the, the most, the least appreciated over there um, for food-wise and I think yeah. for the, um, it's, it's definitely the least desirable one to go to. I mean, I think when everyone goes to Epcot, you know, you talk about the, what countries you want to go see. and you, know, you want to go to Japan or you want to go to Italy, you want to go to Mexico. I don't think anybody's just dying to go see Morocco. So um, I,
0: I think that if they added something cool like Australia or Ireland, I think it would be a big hit, at least in my, well, and and the whole thing too is morocco like morocco the king of morocco sent over builders to build that the the, the uh the, the 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 buildings and and the architecture are incredible there i like that you walk through the market i think that's incredible i just think it needs help with food needs help with the drink um i do like the dancers that's really cool but i mean let me give you another one as we're running out of time here I mean, Spain. Spain would be absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. The Philippines would be absolutely incredible. Think about Switzerland. Think about seeing the Swiss Alps in the distance. You know, uh, that would be absolutely incredible. So some really, really good options to uh, to expand Epcot there. Uh, here we go. Moving on to number three. This one I'm excited about. Have you seen the new announcement for the Disney Treasure? I have. Okay. I, this is. I had to put this on the list because I knew you'd want to chat about it. You have done Disney cruises, so we do have the Disney Treasure coming out. Uh, super excited about that. Already, There are already sailings available. If you uh, are looking to sail on a Disney cruise, of course, get a hold of a show at awaywithmetravel.com. And we just take care of My question to you is this. Will the new Haunted Mansion Lounge on the Disney Treasure be the best Disney lounge in the world?
1: I'm, I'm going to say yes. We've talked up, down, left, and right a million times every which way from Sunday on how an amazing – Magic Kingdom or any of the other parks having a Haunted Mansion theme type dinner. Um, Ghost Host, I mean, we, we've talked about it at length on episodes before on what an amazing experience it would be. Um, it's something that they should definitely capitalize on. I would like to see a little bit more of the IPs when it comes to the dinners and the dinner stuff. Um, you know, I mean, we got to see Skipper Canteen with you know Jungle Cruise, but there's not really a lot of... I mean, you know, Beauty and the Beast, obviously, you have in Cinderella's Castle, but there's quite a few other rides or attractions I think that would be great to bleed into a, you know, restaurant. Um, you know, a pirate themed restaurant would be fantastic, but more importantly, I think a Haunted haunted Mansion themed restaurant would be the absolute best way to go. Uh, a lounge, a place to hang out, a place to embrace all of the wonderful things that uh, the Haunted Mansion is. I mean, I think even if they couldn't do it in the parks, how cool would it be to have something like a knockoff, not a knockoff, but like a like a tribute to the Haunted Mansion and Disney Springs, you know, where, where stuff becomes interactive when you're in it. But I think um, the movie itself—I haven't watched it yet on on Disney Plus. It's it's on my to watch list. Um, from what I hear, it's got very good ratings. It's got very good reviews. People have said that they they've really liked it a lot. Especially our DDP family have watched it. Said that it was definitely a must watch. So um, I think they should definitely capitalize on the success of the Haunted Mansion and make it into a lounge or into a restaurant place to go to.
0: Yeah, so here's the thing. This, I think, is the most exciting announcement. You know, I'm a Disney Cruise junkie. This is the most exciting announcement. Mike, we've been talking about this since episode one. Yeah. Like, we've been saying, why in the world? Look, I love Rapunzel. Tangled's a fantastic movie. Why in the world do we not knock down those bathrooms and, you know, kind of build a wall between Haunted Mansion and Fantasyland and put a lounge or put a restaurant or put something like that in there because it's absolutely incredible what they could do and now that we're seeing it come to the Disney treasure and look we've seen it on other Disney cruise ships what they can do with these types of lounges I mean you're going to walk in to the Haunted Mansion I've seen the new movie it was good it was good it was 30 minutes too long but other than that it was really really good they did a good job with it uh but I'm super excited this. I mean they're gonna have of course you know they're gonna tell the story of the Haunted Mansion but not just on top of that they're gonna have disney cruise line haunted mansion inspired merchandise so this is merch from the haunted mansion you can only buy if you're on the disney treasure i mean absolutely they're gonna have the haunted mansion parlor music box will be a keepsake inspired by eerie music box that will be found inside the haunted mansion so i'm I'm guaranteeing it's gonna play the song uh grim grinning ghost right um or you know it'll play the uh the the just the 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 cue song uh they also have an uh, old grandfather clock, the Haunted Mansion Parlor Clock. Well, cl- well I can't say clock. Will evoke a nostalgic <laughs> allure of the Haunted Mansion. And lastly, they will have a Haunted Mansion Parlor Mirror, which will offer a frightening surprise when the hitchhiking ghosts mysteriously appear in the frame. Mike, come on. You're, you're buying all those.
1: Yeah, and... Uh... It's going to be hard for the eBay resellers to get a hold of that stuff because they're going to have to pay a pretty penny to go on that cruise to get it, which makes it even more special because, you know, when when they get into the parks, the annual pass people that, you know, get the merchandise and they resell it. And, you know, we've talked about how we hate the resellers. Um, this is going to be some really hard to get stuff because you really got to go on a cruise to get it. So you either got to have a really good friend that go on the cruises a lot, like some of us do, or um, you actually got to go on it yourself. I can't see this being a huge part of like Disney resale, which, you know, on, on the, on the, uh, those, those secondary markets because um it's going to be hard to get you know it's like i said you can only get it on a cruise and you got to pay big money to go on that cruise and i'm sure i mean i don't know if they're going to do like a reservation system for this or to get the you know to get the merchandise in the actual lounge or if it's going to be available in the gift shop i don't know but um but it's going to be some hard to get stuff and that's going to be some really cool swag
0: yeah the renderings look incredible i cannot say enough good things about this so for me it makes me want to be on the disney treasure and go check it out mike Let's move on. Here we go. We are moving to number four. All right. Run Disney. Oh, I'm excited about this. I don't know if you saw this today or not. Mm -hmm. Run Disney just announced the races for 2024 and 2025, including a all-new Halloween half marathon at Disneyland. Guys, it won't take that much convincing. If you get a hold of me, you can probably convince me to come out uh, next October to, uh, to, to the west coast of Disneyland to run the half marathon out there. If I survive this one is run Disney, in your opinion, the most successful extra ticketed event in Disney history.
1: Oh, 100 percent. And I think Disney knows that and they capitalize on that uh, when you I mean, you guys have registered for races. You know how how hard it is to get in that queue, get in that and the amount of people that are doing it the amount of uh, reservations that's that taken up by the hotels by the people that the resorts the people that come to cheer on come to visit come to do the whole thing it's it's a huge huge event um, running is obviously a huge thing running is huge when it comes to Disney I think that they've really capitalized on that I think they know that and I think we're going to see even more Disney events um, I just hope they don't oversaturate it too much where it becomes just another you know every month all the time kind of thing um, it's nice when it's a little spread out and it's a little bit special because it's you know it's a special event kind of thing where it's not just a regular norm like your weekly race um so and i think when you can throw an extra theme behind it where it's something you know halloween related in october good time of year to be running good time of year to be enjoying the outside and um very 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 cool time of year as we know it's it's that time right now and uh i love the halloween time especially down in florida and especially down in disney world with it all being decorated with that halloween theme
0: uh so I, I misspoke. It's September the 5th through the 8th. is Disneyland Halloween half marathon weekend. Um, it looks like registration will open for Club Run Disney uh, people February 6th and general registration February 13th. Um, and listen, you kind of said the word oversaturate. And I, I like where you went with that, because I do think when we look at this, it's pre- so it pretty much covers a um, what would be a I'm doing the math in my head, 10 month. Span and in that ten-month span, including virtual races, there are eight races. So that's 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 quite a few uh, going on in there. Um, two Disneyland, and then you've got the Wine and Dine, you've got the uh, virtual twelve Ks of Christmas, which is super cool. I might look into that. Of course, the the, uh, the Walt Disney World uh, Marathon Weekend, and then the Disney Princess, and then Run Disney Springtime Surprise Weekend. So lots of stuff coming for that. Is it the best extra ticket event? It one hundred percent is. It's not close. Like I and people they, they might give us a hard time, like be like, Well, it's not an extra ticketed event, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. You're going to the parks, you're paying an additional cost to go do something. And listen, as someone who signed up for three five K's with me, Katie Riley, and a half marathon, it is not cheap. Like, I mean, we spent a pretty penny to go do these races. And you gotta think, yes. To go do Mickey's Not So Scary, you're paying what $169, something like that for a ticket. Okay. To do a half marathon, it's like 220 It's expensive. It's, you know, it's a, people are doing dopey at $600, $700 up front. Not just that, Mike. Now I'm also coming to the parks. I'm getting a hotel room. I'm going out to eat. You know, I'm I'm, I'm getting park tickets. Like it, they, what started as something to fill a void during slow remember those words mm-hmm. disney fans out there huh you remember those remember those times slow times what were those those things those disappeared to fill a void with slow times has now become hey we can like between festivals mickey's not so scary mickey's very merry and run disney we don't need slow times anymore we can just have events and we can bring people in from around the world that's what makes and you're talking tens of thousands of people coming to Orlando to participate, coming to Walt Disney World to participate. And I would say 74% of them at least are, are, are staying on property. So, Mike, it by far, if we look at it on a financial basis, is the most successful extra ticket event in Disney history.
1: Yeah, I think if you actually looked at the numbers and you looked at attendance wise people who actually paid for it, I bet you that they have a lot more than, you know, what what Mickey's not so scary would throughout the year or what, you know, or what the extra ticketed events would be. I think even the the the, you know, if you I think if you added the Christmas party and you added some of the extra stuff like the um like the fireworks shows and a lot of, if you, if you combine all of those, I bet you it doesn't even come close to the numbers that the that the race polls. I'd have to sit down and do the math on that and see what the actual attendance is or what the, what the sales are um, for those other extra ticketed events compared to the Run Disney stuff. But we know the Run Disney stuff sells out quickly. The nice part about that, they added another one in there. You know, certain people, depending upon what their jobs are, depending upon what school or what the kids, they're kind of stuck to being married to a specific time of year when they can actually go down to ticket. A vacation you know we're blessed that we can go down quite a bit and we try to you know capitalize on that but some people are stuck with the same couple of weeks every single year so now that they've added another event somebody who might have been on the fence about doing it before at least now they get that opportunity to do it and they can you know take part in something that they wanted to then now that it's kind of in the ballpark of when they head down to the parks
0: yeah i i 100% agree with you i the only thing that the the like parties have going for them is there's so many of them like there's like you know, how many events this year? Twenty-eight, something like that. Is event nights, like for Mickey's Not Scary, then you Mickey's very merry. But the the amount and also it's such a dedication to run Disney is that's that's the thing I see the most is you see people do it over and over and over again. And uh, I you know I think there's there's a base of people who do the parties over and over again, but I don't think it's the same way as when you run a race. They say it's addicting. I'll see. I will let you know after this January. Uh moving on, here we go. Today Super cool, man, to see this, actually. So a couple people posted this. I think Kyle McCammon sent us a message with it, too. Uh, the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds flew over the Magic Kingdom in Epcot today to celebrate the start of National Veterans and Military Family Members Month, which uh, starts this November. Thank you to all of our uh, active and uh, and retired servicemen uh, we, we appreciate and women. We appreciate you. It's because of you that we're able to do this. And uh, we can't thank you enough uh, for everything you do. Uh, Mike, that brings me to ask you this: After seeing something that cool and a moment like that, there's been a lot of special moments in Disney history. If you could choose one moment, or we could do more—you can as, as many as you want—to spectate over the last fifty years, you can get in the DDP time machine. We haven't got, we haven't got that thing out of the garage in a while. We need to do that. <laughs> uh, if you could, if you could go back over the last fifty years and you could spectate at the uh, Disney World parks, what would your moments be? So I got two, and there's... Th-
1: the, the one obvious one, I think the elephant in the room would be Disney World opening day. You know, I, I think that would be something that I'd want to be there for, especially knowing what I know now. You know, if you could, could get in that time machine and see um, what it was to compare to what it is, that would be something really cool to, you know, to spectate and to look over. But um, I will say, spoke, speaking about our buddy Dave again, um, I'm kind of kind of jealous of the moment that he had. Um, and, and it was a pretty emotional moment that, that he's talked about before on the show. And that was the return of fireworks. Uh, on mm-hmm. Main Street after all of the COVID stuff and seeing Tinkerbell fly from the castle, um, you know, it, it's one of those special times that um, I think it was a relief for everybody. It was kind of like, you know, we're, we're moving on to the next chapter. I mean, listen, we all went through the the COVID nightmare of, you know, you know the lockdowns and, and, you know, not being able to see family. And we, I don't got to get into the details. We all know what a disaster it was. And we all know what a major impact it had on the parks and the People that you know worked in the parks. So when they were able to kind of reopen Disney and do the fireworks again, where you could have a large gathering and you had all these people in the park again, and you were able to have think about fly from the you know or, or from the castle. Um, and you know, Dave talks about being choked up because he was there for that night. Um, that's 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 besides the opening day. You know, opening day. I think that would be one of the moments that I would really love to be there to to see because. Um, it's kind of like a relief for us. It's kind of like you know mm-hmm. letting the you know the air out of the balloon and just kind of you know just taking that big deep breath and saying oh, you know we, we've we've made it this we made it to this point. Let's look forward to everything going forward and it's kind of bringing back a little bit of normalcy. So I think that that's probably one moment that I would certainly want to you know kind of observe and share and be part of. And uh, I'm a little I'm a little jealous of Dave because he got to do that.
0: Yeah, that's a I you know we talked about on the show, but. What a lot of people didn't realize was, you know, we we saw w- what Dave went through, you know, with with when COVID hit and all that. But to hear the emotion in his voice, because you know he called in Texas all after that happened. It was even before we talked on the show. That would be an incredible moment. I've watched that video before. You can find it on YouTube, and I get choked up, man, watching it. I mean, like that is a that is a great moment. And you know what? That was one of mine. Is of course going back to Opening Day. Um, but I you know what you know what's funny? I think I would I definitely would want to see the Magic Kingdom and I would want to hear Roy Disney's speech, you know, because of what they accomplished after Walt's death, which is, you know, incredible. They were they were lost at sea. But I would want to go see the Polynesian the Contemporary and Fort <laughs> Wilderness. Like I want to go see what the resorts were like on opening day. Imagine walking the contemporary on opening day. Like that to me, and it's a this is a this is my opinion, and it's non-popular one. I think the contemporary is outdated and it needs help um, to put it back into kind of the future. And but to walk in there, you know, 1971—that's an incredible moment to see. You know, it, it just doesn't get better than that. Um, so yeah, that's that's definitely one of mine. But I'm going to take you 25 years in the future. People are going to think I'm crazy because I'm taking you to October 1st, 1996. I, and because a childhood memory of mine, I know people hated it, but I'm going back to see that amazing uh Walt Disney World Cinderella castle cake. Um <laughs> that was uh that was there. Mike, that thing was epic to me, man. There's certain things that I loved. Like I I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fun and unique and I I thought it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh okay. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, you know. say so, I know I, it's I, not. I'm... It's it's not what people agree with. I understand. But did you? All right. So what? What team are you on? Would you want to go back? to get one last picture with the sorcerer hat at Hollywood Studios?
1: Yes, and those are some of my favorite pictures that I have of the family underneath that hat. Um, there's quite a few pictures of the, the kids. That was the, that was our Hollywood Studios. You know, that was the majority of the time we went there. The hat was always there. Um, I would say the first 10 years of our Disney, stu- you know, going to Disney Studios, that was there more than it was not. So I definitely miss the hat. I am definitely team hat person. I miss the, the Mickey Sorcerer hat in, in a big way um and I cherish those pictures that I have with the family underneath it
0: all right I, I'm just I just created a new rule with this we each get one extend okay extend here we go I hit the extend button um I would love to go back talking about Hollywood studios and see the backlot tour one more time mm- mm-hmm. like I just I, I I I love that as a kid like I would love to go do the backlot tour I'd love to go back and see um you know lights motor action one more time see and i would do the great movie ride would be it for me great movie ride, yeah all right so here's here's a question one of those over the parks just off the top of your head of what we've kind of lost to be replaced by great things over the last you know 50 years does hollywood studios have the most things that we kind of remember and love out of all the four parks I would think so, yeah. Because Animal Kingdom, you haven't really lost anything um, of, of substance, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Epcot, you've you've definitely lost things, but n- nothing that, you know, I look back on so fondly that I would get in the time machine and, and take off. Magic Kingdom, I think we kept everything that we really, really loved. Mm-hmm. Hollywood Studios... I think Hollywood Studios in and and you're a Star Wars guys. So this my opinion might be wrong. You might say you're, you're nuts. I think Hollywood Studios fifteen years ago is my favorite Hollywood Studios.
1: I can agree with you on that. I I you know I started going to Hollywood Studios as a young kid when Hollywood when it was MGM when it first started opening yeah. up. Uh, I went there through, through with my parents and it was kind of going through that. Um, that stage where we're just kind of showing the park off. You, you were probably getting tickets for almost nothing. You know, there was kind of like, in, you know, in the B mode, they weren't really doing a lot of stuff. I remember going to see Indiana Jones for the first time. Um, it was a lot of the new stuff that was there. Uh, the park was just starting to get its identity, and it was the, you know, the, the working studio. I, I miss what it was before. I do a lot. The, the Galaxy's Edge is great, and I love it. Um, and it's a fantastic area, and there's not there's nothing taking away from that. But I do miss the um, you know. Like you said, getting on, the, getting the end of the back lot tour and coming around when you go around where the uh, Lights Motor Action was and looking down that street and seeing New York City, you know, in the distance, the, the facade, you know, making it look like a movie set or, you know, the Osborne lights you would see down in that area. Yeah. I mean, oh, yes. it's just it's just so many really cool things that were taken away from us. I feel like that's the, uh, that's like the ex-girlfriend, you know, that's, that's the uh, <laughs> the one that got away sometimes.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things, though. But then you go back and do it, and you're like, "Oh yeah, I remember why we broke up. I, I yeah. can't remember this." <laughs> yeah the the Osborne the Osborne lights, man. Right, that's a big one. I didn't even think of that one. I to stand there and watch them kick on the Osborne lights. What happened to those? I, I don't. Are know. they in existence somewhere? Like, they they like to
1: the unless the Osborne's retired, you know?
0: I don't know. Let's let's look it up live on the show here. Osborne lights today um here they have on wikipedia let's let's check out what's going on i don't think they uh no uh no man the closing date was january 6 2016. that's it that's Done. all she wrote that's all she wrote mm, super interesting um anyway uh moving on we'll, we'll get back on track here Unless you push Extend. You have an Extend, too, if you really don't want to use it. <laughs> uh, last one, number six topic. Epcot provides many experiences to teach guests about the land, sea, space. Do you think the average Walt Disney World guest gets the most out of their day in Epcot and enjoys these experiences?
1: I You know, I don't think they do. I think people just go there to think that they're going for a thrill ride or a park. But if you wanted to get them to learn... Um and kind of pay attention to what's going on and and, and learning the things that they talk about. Um, I would say I think it would be a really cool way to maybe have a game on the Disney, on the uh, the, the MDE app, right? So when you're in line, you're waiting a half an hour, or 40 minutes for Soren. play a game on there, and if you have a high score for a family, maybe they'll reward you with, like, I don't know, a lightning lane for something or a fast Free popcorn, or, you know, yeah, something something along those lines. Play some trivia stuff related to some of the things you learn about in the park. Let the family learn about it and if you have a really good high score, you you know, score in a certain area or you complete a certain amount of, you know, questions answered and whether you get them right or wrong. Depending upon what tiers, then you should be able to get you know rewarded with a prize or something. I mean, what would it cost? What, what would it cost them to give you a free lightning lane for something, or you know, a free uh, you know, free that fast pass, but you know, a, a free ride to good. get on something ahead of the line, kind of thing. Or, you know, one of those kind of lightning passes to get on something along those lines. I think that would be super cool, and I think it would keep the families engaged a little bit more. Um, you could have some more conversation with the family, and it would be good to do something while you're waiting online. It's kind of a time killer.
0: You know, the funny part, too, man, is when we talk about this, I think the Living Seas is, like, the biggest culprit for people not realizing what they're getting. Like, it's funny to see a family. Let me take, for example, just an average family from Charleston, South Carolina, right? that It doesn't go to Disney that often. Maybe goes once every five years. And they just want to go down and they want to ride, you know, all the attractions in Epcot and they want to do Nemo. But when they're at home here in Charleston... They'll take a full day and go to the aquarium, right? And spend time and money walking around. Where they're at that pavilion, you have one of the biggest uh, uh, tanks in the world. I mean, you have over eighty five hundred different uh, fish and inhabitants in in those tanks. You have manatees you can see, and they're you, you know they have feeding times. Like you have all of these uh, ways to take in this incredible experience that you would pay for if you were in any other place in the world. The people get on Nemo. They go through Nemo's great. I love it. Fantastic attraction, but they get off and then they rush out through the gift shop and they leave. It'll take the time. Like it's, it's incredible. Perfect example. They could rush to Sorin. They don't go do living with the land. You know that you're talking about an attraction that shows you how they're feeding you throughout your day. I anyway. Mean, it's incredible, you know, w- what they can do. Um, I, and I think Epcot's gotten away from that a little bit. It's not the same as it used to be. But even with World Showcase, like, KidCot is such a huge asset for these families, for these kids to learn about culture and talk to, uh, especially now that you have international college, international students coming back with college programs, and stuff like that. But talk to, to um, these these. Cast members that are from these countries that grew up in these countries and to learn something, you know, they do such a good job with it at Animal Kingdom, you know, over there, you know, with with the kids being able to, to, to interact and, and, and learn, uh, and, and do all that stuff. But with a wilderness explorer, but with Epcot, I just, there's so many opportunities to learn. And also people always ask like, well, what if we get tired throughout the day? Take a break, man. Go go to the living seas and go spend some time just learning. Because that's what Epcot really is all about. And it's kind of losing that luster a little bit. Mm-hmm.
1: You know, it's funny, Laura was telling me because Laura did that whole dolphin experience thing where she got to train with the dolphins. And mm-hmm. uh, just to give you a, a size and scope of how big that living with the, you know, living with the seas is, they said you could take the entire Epcot spaceship Earth. Put it in the center of the tank and still have 20 feet all the way around to go around. So you could actually put it in, submerge it into that tank and still have 20 feet all the way around. That's how big that is. And that's huge. Yeah, I mean, that is absolutely huge. And um, yeah, I think if you were, but I've said that kind of like Animal Kingdom Lodge too. You know, if that was any other place, you would pay big money to go to a resort where you had giraffes walking around. Here you are in an amazing aquarium type setting with knowledgeable people that'll be able to you know talk you through about what they're doing the feedings and this and that and uh, people just take advantage of it and it, it's a uh, it's sad to see that but uh maybe throw some questions in there you know this way if once they're done with nemo and they've, they've done the ride they can get some questions answered if they've gone through that and maybe we'll get them a free ride on something else or like you said some popcorn and uh maybe they'll be a little bit more interested in some of the stuff there
0: well i think that's a great tip you know we we get a lot of people that don't go that often. That's a great tip and trick to to Epcot, you know, in particular, or to Animal Kingdom is take in, you know, the those experiences, be able to use that as especially if you're pulling your kid from school. Like I went and talked to Riley's principal and you know, she's like, just have Riley write. Hey, we have a so- look, even if the principals from elementary school are listening, our principal in middle school is so much better than you. Like she's <laughs> amazing. Like she's like, just have her write something and I'll excuse it. Like that's the way it should be. And she can go and learn and experience and do all that kind of stuff because that's more important. So, it's look, these are always fun. We're going to do more of these in the future. But here's what we're going to do with the next time we do this. We're going to put it out to you, our DDP family, over on the DDP Facebook page. You can go over and join right now. Uh, that's DDP uh, Today Podcast Family over on Facebook. So go over and join that. That's where we get all the great things that we, uh, we talk about over there. Super positive, family friendly. Absolutely love that group. But we're going to put it out to you and let you come up with the next DDP Disney and Five Topics, and then we will take them on, answer them, give you our honest opinions on each of those, because these are really fun, and uh, it makes the show really, really, I feel like speed by when I listen to this show uh, at times when we do these, because you you blink and all of a sudden you're at the end of a show, but always love doing this, Mike, and it's just an absolute ton of fun.
1: Yeah, you know, we talked about. Well, you were just mentioning that maybe on a future show uh, we'll have our Disney, you know, family put it on our Facebook page and throw some of these kind of topics out there, and we'll talk about it. Uh, you know, one of the other things I love to see on our DDP Facebook page is some amazing pictures because you guys are out there in the parks, you're having fun, having some great family time, and you post some great pictures, and I love those pictures. And it brings me to my favorite thing every week, and that would be pics of the week.
0: Pics of, 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 of the week. Pics of the week. Time for it's us time to get our picks get of the week. Picks of the week.
1: All right, Justin, you know how much I love Picks of the Week. Why don't you tell me what's your pick of the week?
0: Yeah, so my pick of the week is going to uh someone I've gotten to know really, really well because I had the great uh fortune of to help their family plan a vacation. And uh, that is Michelle England Elser. Look, she got to do something. When we when we book vacations, there are certain things that uh that we want to be able to book for people. And there there are certain things at Disney Mike, and you know this that are extremely hard to get. It's like catching a unicorn in a butterfly net. Like it's mm-hmm. absolutely impossible. And we were actually able to get her family, Victorian Alberts, but not just Victorian Alberts, the chef's table at Victorian Alberts. And sending that email to tell her we had it reserved and she was able to do it uh, made me so happy. And so she posted her picture. She said, "If you have ever have the opportunity to eat at the chef's table at Victoria and Alberts, I highly recommend it." Thanks, Justin Suter, for snagging us the reservation. Thank you guys for supporting Away with me travel and letting us be a part of your vacation. We appreciate you so much. And man, that as someone who has done Victoria and Alberts and never done the chef's table, that looks like an incredible experience. I can't wait to hear all about it. Absolutely awesome. Thanks for posting. And, yes, if anyone out there uh, you want to get that booked, man, what that is, Mike, that's the unicorn of Disney food right there. <laughs> <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah, that would be my uh, my
1: last meal if I had if I had to choose one. Um, sounds like a great dinner. Uh, My pick of the week is going to go to Sarah Costano, and um, she got to do something that I really wish, I I know I wanted to do. I was invited to go. It was our dear friend Lori Euler's birthday. Um, I wanted to make it up to Jersey. I know we were invited to go, uh, but just with work, time constraints, I had to get up to New York for... My mom is uh, selling the house up up there, so I have to get up there sometime, and I'm trying to save my vacation time, um, and I'm trying to get my vacation time in to do some of these great DDP trips. So unfortunately, I could not make it, but I was so happy to see that John and Sarah were able to go to spend a special day with Lori, and uh, they're a great, great part of our family. I'm so glad they got to spend some time together. Really wish I could have been there with you. I was there in spirit, and um, I, that is definitely my pick of the week.
0: Absolutely love it, Mike. Uh, look, a lot of great things happening with the DDP family. Always love seeing those pics and hearing your stories about your time in the parks. We live vicariously through you, and I know a lot of other people do out there as well. We can't thank you guys enough for always being so supportive. You guys are the building block to this family, and we really do appreciate you. Uh, look, Mike, I'm really excited, man. We're coming up on... January's going to be here before we know it, but, but not just that. Tomorrow is Halloween, and the day after that is my wife's birthday. So let me go ahead and say happy birthday to my wife i love you very much mm-hmm. uh, our spouses uh give up a lot of uh time and i think have a lot of patience with us whenever we say i, I saw a funny funny meme and you know we're not big video game players you and i we, we we have in the past we've played a little bit but we're not like crazy into video games but i saw mm-hmm. this meme and it was like when he says he's going up to our video he says he's going up to play video games for an hour and then it kicked back to like the old lady from Titanic, who's like, she was like, it's been 84 years. <laughs> well, that a lot of time is what recording's like because we'll go, hey, it's going to be fast for an hour and a half. But then when you get your buddies around, you want to hang out. So we end up spending a lot more time together. So I want to say thank you to all of the, the spouses out there that are the, of the host, uh the, that let us do this. But especially my wife uh, for being so patient over these last six years and, and loving. And she's just an incredible, incredible person. And also, I got to say this. Uh, I was hanging out with Shannon McPherson today, and like, I don't love him quite as much as my wife, but it's way up there. And his happy birthday is on November 2nd. So, Shannon, there you go. Here's your shout out for your happy birthday. Love that there. Uh, go over, make sure to join the Facebook group. That's my getting to the point with that. Also, Basecamp. Huge, huge, huge push for donations for Basecamp as we're trying to help these kids fighting cancer. We are going to uh, support Basecamp. You can go over to basecamp.org backslash DDP for BC. Basecamp.org backslash DDP for BC. I've had too much coffee today, Mike. That's why I'm <laughs> stumbling over my words, because I've been up since 545. Um, look, I absolutely love this. I'm excited about everything the DDP Sorcerers have going on. Excited for all the shows on the YDF Media Network, everything going on there. Lots of great stuff coming out over the next six months, and we cannot wait to chat about that. Mike, closing words on this awesome DDP Disney and 5 topic. Uh, well, listen, more than, important, more, more than
1: anything, I'm so glad I got to spend time with you guys tonight. I really missed you last week. Um, I hate it when I gotta take a week off, but it was all—it was all for good. It was for you know to hang out with some of the friends. So, um, but now I'm with my friends, you guys, this week, so it's more important. And I'll Aww. be here, you know, the next coming weeks. And I hope everyone had a good Halloween. I think after the show, I have to go out to the store because um, I raided the Halloween bags that were in the, in the <laughs> closet already. Um, Laura and I usually have a deal where we buy the kind of candy we don't like. Um, yep. You know, I'll buy like Skittles or Sour Patch Kids stuff that I won't eat, but instead, she bought all the good stuff. She bought you know snickers and baby roots and you know all of the good candy that i like and um if we have more than two trick-or-cheaters here at the house tomorrow i'm in trouble so i think uh after the show tonight i gotta go replenish the stock before Laura realizes that it's you know missing but um but until then i had a great time with you guys tonight and i'm looking forward to patreon tonight
0: absolutely love it. speaking of Patreon, hang on you're up next is a great joke you would say and uh, awesome topic tonight uh, earlier today i put out just a couple hours ago, I put out, hey, uh, DDP Patron Family, it's an Ask Anything Monday for this week's patron. Uh, it says, while well, Dan, Dan, Dave, and Joe are all out tonight, Mike and I are here to answer your questions. Can be Disney, uh, podcast related, or you can go completely off topic and ask anything you have wanted to know. And Mike, the DDP Patron Family, did not disappoint. We have quite the list of questions to roll through, and it is an Ask Anything Monday as we uh, as we do this. So we're going to head over there, have some fun. If you want to be a part of that Patreon family, click that link below for as little as $2 a month. You can join and have access to that extra bonus show. Uh, and, of course, we do our have our live events that go on uh, as far as we will have our Christmas party coming up. Before we know it, man, we do our annual Christmas mm-hmm. party. Yep, yep. I can't so, wait. I'm looking forward to it. Super excited about that. DDP family, have an amazing week spread some cheer make someone smile enjoy i hope you enjoyed your halloween we are rolling into christmas season we love you we appreciate you and we will see you real soon have a good night everybody. have a good night on behalf of the disney dads we want to say thank you we hope you find a little magic in your life every day spread some disney love and keep moving forward
1: And that's a wrap. This has been YDF Media Productions.